Coast, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. First, according to verse 1, we restore another brother or sister in Christ who has fallen into sin. If we're spiritual, we restore them. We don't turn away from them. We don't ignore them. We love them enough to restore them. Secondly, Paul said in verse 2 that we are to bear the burdens of those fellow believers who are struggling to be restored to fellowship with Christ. And now last week, we began to look at the third way that Paul says spiritual believers are to serve others. They are to use their money to help others. Who doesn't love a bargain? We all like to save money. Well, most of us anyway. If I can get a widget for $10 at one store, why would I pay 20 for it somewhere else? Makes sense to me. But a pastor isn't a widget, so let's not be cheap in that area of life, okay? Today on Verse by Verse, we'll consider that as well as other things we should keep in mind concerning the needs around us. Welcome. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve will be starting his final sermon in this series about the practical results of true spirituality. Our text is Galatians 6, verses 1 through 10, where Paul described the way biblical spirituality looks in the life of a believer. In Genesis 4, Cain didn't think he was his brother's keeper. But in this passage, God says we are to look out for each other. We do that by helping each other in all sorts of ways. Let's listen now as Pastor Steve describes some of them. When the Apostle John closed his gospel account, he revealed that he was very selective in what he wrote concerning the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Here's how he ended the gospel of John. John chapter 21, verse 25, and there are many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. Now, John tells us here that while he recorded certain specific incidents in the earthly life and ministry of Christ, the entire words and works of Jesus were so numerous that all the books in the world couldn't contain them if they were to be written down in detail. In other words, he's saying if everything Jesus did and said was written down and then studied and then analyzed, and then pondered, it would be an endless commentary. On and on it would go. Now, this means that there are a great many things that the Lord Jesus said and did during his earthly ministry, which the Spirit of God chose not to include in the Bible. However, God did choose to record one statement, one statement made by Jesus during his earthly ministry, ministry that is not found anywhere else in Scripture. In fact, it is the only statement attributed to Jesus during his time on earth outside of what's written in the four Gospels. Remember, the book of Revelation is after his earthly ministry. We do have his words there. But there's only one statement attributed to Jesus during his time on earth outside of what's written in the four Gospels which means that there is considerable weight and significance to that one statement. So it is rather striking and noteworthy that of all the words spoken by Jesus during his earthly ministry, the only one that God wanted us to know outside of what's recorded in the Gospels 
has to do with the subject of giving, monetary giving. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, we read that the Apostle Paul, in speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus, said this, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the poor. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's it. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul said that Jesus said this. Now, this has been called the supreme beatitude because unlike the other beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, which speak of those who are blessed, this one tells us how to be more blessed. Jesus called giving a blessing. And he said that it was more of a blessing to give something away than to experience the blessing of getting something. In other words, he said it's better to share your money with those in need than to keep what you have and accumulate more wealth for yourself. Now, this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus taught. But most people, including many Christians, don't practice and obey this truth. It's foreign stuff to them. Certainly, it's not the philosophy of the secular world. The world that we live in is driven by the desire to be financially prosperous, and that involves acquiring money and not not giving it away. But it's not only the secular world that thinks this way. There's a large segment of professing believers in Christ who adhere to what is commonly known as the prosperity gospel, which is a message built upon the theological belief that God wants his followers to be rich and to enjoy all the the luxuries of life. The prosperity gospel teaches that one of God's primary functions is to distribute material goods and physical blessings to his people. But while this teaching may appeal, and it does appeal to many who claim to love God, to embrace it is to disregard what Jesus said about giving being better than receiving. See, the gospel of prosperity, folks, it's nothing more than heresy that is driven by by greed, all disguised as biblical truth, all couched in biblical language, but it is not biblical truth. It's a twisted distortion of God's word. The gospel of prosperity urges us to selfishly gain riches while Jesus said that we are to selflessly give away our riches. It's just the opposite. Now, in light of our Lord's statement that it is more blessed to give than to receive, we need to ask ourselves an important question this morning. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Why and how? After all, Jesus said that giving away our money was something that was good and it was beneficial to us. That's why he called it a blessing. But how is giving such a blessing? We ought to ask ourselves that. We ought to provoke ourselves to think when we read something like this. Now, we understand how giving away our money can be a blessing to others because we're giving them something. But how is it a blessing for us? When we give away our hard-earned money, how can that possibly be a blessing to us? Well, this morning, as we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Galatians, we're going to discover one of the ways that giving away money becomes a great blessing to us because we're going to see that giving actually benefits us spiritually. So I want you to open your Bibles once again to Galatians chapter 6. And what I'm going to read to you, I've been reading to you for the last several weeks, but I'm going to read it again starting at verse 1. And Lord willing, we will conclude our little mini-series this morning on true spirituality, because that's what this is really about. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, 
You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, for the past three weeks, we've been looking at this passage of Scripture, and we've been discovering the various ways that those who are spiritual are to behave. You see, having taught the Galatians back in chapter 5, what it means to be spiritual, it means to be under the control of the Spirit of God as we obey the Word of God, His Word. Now, here in chapter 6, Paul gets very specific as he explains how those who are under the control of the Spirit are to demonstrate their spirituality. He says we demonstrate it by serving others, not by isolating ourselves from others, but by serving them. And he specifically highlights three ways that spiritual Christians are to serve others. First, according to verse 1, we restore another brother or sister in Christ who has fallen into sin. If we're spiritual, we restore them. We don't turn away from them. We don't ignore them. We love them enough to restore them. Secondly, Paul said in verse 2 that we are to bear the burdens of those fellow believers who are struggling to be restored to fellowship with Christ. And now last week, we began to look at the third way that Paul says spiritual believers are to serve others. They are to use their money to help others. Verse 6, the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, as we look at this verse, we need to keep in mind that Paul has not changed the subject. He is still talking about the way that spiritual believers are to act in relation to others. And what he says here is that spiritual believers in Christ make sure that those who teach them God's word, namely their pastors, are cared for and supported financially. That is the gist of this verse. Now, as I mentioned last week, and I'll repeat it again for those who were not here, this is a little awkward for me to teach on this subject because it just sounds so self-serving. However, I want you to know, as I said last week, my conscience is completely clear in doing this because my motivation is simply to teach you what Scripture says, not to gain anything from you or anyone else in this church. I am thoroughly content with what I have and how you take care of me. We are simply looking at this issue today because this happens to be the subject of the next few verses in Galatians 6. But I'll tell you what I did learn from last week. I learned that after a message like this, nobody quite knows what to say to you after the sermon. It was like everyone just cleared out. Nobody knows what to say, what would be appropriate. So I understand that. But That's my disclaimer. I'm not saying this to get anything. With that disclaimer out of the way, as uncomfortable as I might be in teaching this, I want you to know I'm I'm glad that I'm teaching this because it's important for us to understand this. Many churches do not get taught 
about this, and their pastors suffer for it, and they suffer, as we'll see today, as a church. So it's important for us to know what the Bible says about materially providing for a pastor. As I said, many Christians have never been taught these truths, and therefore they do not understand that this is the means by which God cares and takes care of those who are in full-time service and don't have any other source of income. They are at the mercy of the congregation. The Lord meets their needs through the loving support of his people, those who appreciate the work that their pastors do in teaching them the priceless truths of Scripture. And frankly, as I said last Sunday, many Christians and many local churches are either ignorant of what the Bible says about this or choose to intentionally ignore what Scripture teaches about being generous with their pastor because many pastors, and and I'm not talking about liberal guys here, I'm talking about theologically sound, hardworking, Bible-teaching pastors, men of God, are often severely underpaid and greatly underappreciated by the people that they minister to. And Paul pinpoints the very reason why this is the case here in Galatians 6.6. It is simply because these Christians and these churches where they come from are not spiritual. They are carnally minded. And so instead of, of being like their Lord, generous, thoughtful, sensitive, lovingly attentive to the needs of their pastor, they are miserly. They are stingy. They are cheap with him. They give him the, the bare minimum, and they don't care. You see, unlike their Lord who said that it is more blessed to give than to receive, these churches receive the riches of Scripture taught by their pastor every week, but disregard giving him enough of a salary to properly take care of himself and his family. So, We understand that here in Galatians 6, 6, Paul is exhorting the Galatians and all of us and all Christians down through the ages to make sure that we behave as spiritual men and women and spiritual believers, he says, lovingly share their material blessings with their pastors because they appreciate the spiritual riches of the word that he shares with them. Now, based on what Paul said in the verses then that that follow, it would appear that the apostle understood the Galatians very well and knew that the Galatians were going to have a problem with what he said about supporting their teachers. And therefore, they were going to resist paying the salaries of their pastors. This this becomes very obvious when you look at the next two verses. Now, why this was the case, we're not told. Why it was the case, we're not told. We don't know what their problem was. It may very well be that they looked down upon their local pastors in comparison to the Judaizers and their false teaching about the Old Testament laws. It may very well be that that they didn't see the, the value of their pastors, thought of them as being overly simplistic because they simply taught about Jesus and him crucified and that being the basis of their salvation. But next to the false teachers, these guys just looked simple and uneducated, It may very well be that the Judaizers just wowed them with the intricacies of an elaborate and complex and impressive system of legalism. And that's where their focus was, and they just neglected these other guys, the true pastors. Well, whatever their reason was for having a negative attitude towards paying their pastors, it really does become obvious that they had a problem with this and a bad attitude, because notice verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he'll also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. 
but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, as we saw last week, in verse 7, Paul presents in a broad general principle the reason why it's so important you generously care for pastors and not be stingy with them. Then, in verse 8, he takes this general principle and he expands it. He makes it specific. And he does this by explaining that, that there are negative consequences that come when Christians disregard this teaching, as well as there are positive benefits and blessings that come to believers when they obey this teaching by lovingly caring for their teachers, their pastors. But first, Paul mentions in verse 7 the the general principle of why it is so important for a church to care for its teachers. Not be tight-fisted, not be penny-pinching. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Now, as we discovered last week, Paul is just laying down an immutable, meaning an unchanging, inflexible law. A law that applies, frankly, to all areas of life, whether it be farming or behavior or anything in life. You reap what you sow. And his point in bringing this up here is to say that if we refuse to financially care for those who teach us the Word of God, then we are going to reap the consequences of our stingy behavior. In other words, he's saying that God will not be mocked by disobedient churches and disobedient Christians who disregard his word about properly caring for his servants. If they sow stinginess with their teachers, then they are going to reap the consequences of being stingy with their teachers. And what are those consequences? What are the consequences that we reap when we are stingy with those who teach us the word of God? Well, the answer is found in verse 8. That's why these two verses go together. Verse 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Now, this is where we left off last week. We had just touched on the essential meaning of this verse without going into any of its details. So let me just repeat. The primary point of this verse is to make sure that Christians understand that if they use their money primarily on themselves to gratify their own fleshly desires to the neglect of caring for their pastors, then it will have a negative effect on their own spiritual lives because they are going to suffer the consequences of a spiritually barren soul. But if they invest their money in God's work, which includes taking care of their pastors, then they are going to reap the harvest of spiritual growth and experience incredible blessings that impact us as well as others eternally. Now, let me explain how this works by considering some of the details of what Paul is is saying here concerning sowing and reaping as it relates to caring for teachers of the word and how these details apply to us. First of all, when Paul says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, this is intended to be a serious warning to all of us, a warning of the dangers of wasting our money on feeding our fleshly interests instead of investing our finances in eternal matters. That is to say that he's saying that if you live only for your own pleasure, and spend your money only on yourself. And he's not even talking here necessarily about overt evil, just being consumed with ourselves. Then you are going to reap a harvest of fleshly stuff that will only pass away because 
none of what you have invested in is going to last. It's all very temporary. That's what he means by it's corrupt. It's decaying. It's perishing. That's it. This is basically, folks, the same truth that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6. Let me me read this to you, a very significant statement by our Lord. Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. It's all very temporary. Don't live for that stuff. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. How, how significant are these words? All of us need to be, to be sure that we are investing our resources in those things that count for eternity. Not just for ourselves and for our own earthly pleasures, because those things, according to Jesus and Paul, are just not going to last. Our treasures need to be heavenly treasures, not earthly ones, because the earthly ones will only decay, and they are decaying, and they will pass away. You see, this is the outworking of that immutable law. You reap what you sow. If you sow to your flesh, you will experience a lean and barren soul because you will be focusing only on those things that are dying, decaying. That's it. Now, from a practical standpoint, and in keeping with this context, listen closely. What Paul is telling the Galatians is that there is a high price to pay when a church does not invest in caring for the material needs of a pastor who could be teaching them God's word in a very rich way. The price they pay is a lack of their own spiritual growth and maturity. Why is that? Because if a congregation is stingy with a pastor and their priority is to spend their money primarily on themselves and on their own interests rather than in caring for his needs, then they will inevitably lose that pastor and the benefits of his teaching because he just can't stay in full-time ministry. He has to take care of a wife, take care of a children, so he's going to have to get another job so he will be able to care for his family. Or he'll go to some other church that will be generous with him and take care of his needs. And that congregation then, they will be the beneficiaries of good of his good Bible teaching. In either case, a stingy church ultimately hurts itself spiritually because they forfeit good Bible teaching. And note this, that church then will be filled with spiritually immature people fleshly Christians, self-absorbed people, rather than with people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and are Christ-absorbed because they've been properly taught God's Word. Hmm. I wonder how many pastors who said they were called to another church would say, if they were completely honest, that they had actually been starved out of the church they left, or starved right out of the ministry. And not just financially. Finances are not the only way some congregations make life hard for their pastors, but that's another subject. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You can learn more about Lakeside at www.lakesidechapel.com or call the office at 727-441-1714. Today was the start of Pastor Steve's final sermon in this series about the practical results of true spirituality. If you're just joining us, you can catch up by going online to the Message Archive page at versebyverseradio.org. 
You'll find today's broadcast at the top, but if you need others, use your browser search function to look for the dates you want. There's also a giving page if you'd like to help us with airtime and production expenses. We can't do this without generous listeners like you, so thanks. That's at versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. Do you hate waiting in line as much as I do? Lines always stop when I enter them. I don't know what it is. I wait patiently, and as soon as I give up and change lines, the new line stops and the old one empties in no time flat. If only I'd been a little more patient. Sometimes, as Pastor Steve will tell us in our next class, we get like that with waiting for a ministry to bear fruit. We give up too soon. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by Faith Talk 570, W.